Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The patriarchy. Whoa. Finally, the patriarchy is getting its time. After, I don't know, a couple of hours, the patriarchy is back on top. Yeah. None, no more of those women. Yeah. I'm Ollie Davis, a man, joined by Tempest, a man. In a mask. Welcome to the Restore Podcast review of AEW Dynamite. If you haven't already, please press the thumbs up button. Give us a subscribe. Leave a comment down below with what you thought of this episode and send in your Omega chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. And hey, every time you send in the chat, how about you rechristen yourself to a Christian style name as well? Ooh. Mm. Is this a, a Christ, like a biblical name or are we naming ourselves no, after one of his various moves? One of his, any sort of, anything associated with Christian. But yeah, I didn't realize as I said that a Christian name Literally I am means Ezekiel. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, we're opening with what some people, I've seen some people call this a segment of the year contender. Wow. I didn't think it was segment of the year contender, but my God, I loved it. I thought it, they somehow went, they pushed the envelope so hard on the soap opera craziness, yet it always felt earned. Mm hmm. It does, and I think it just goes to show that these characters have all been set up very well over the course of the summer. Like, the the Christian and Luchasaurus dynamic last year, when we didn't know where Luchasaurus was aligned in the Jungle Boy feud, I could have done with or without that, and there was always a little bit of, like, what are we doing here? But now that we have been on this train for a little bit longer, and we've had time to now introduce Nick Wayne, and now he's Christian's favorite son, as opposed to Luchasaurus, who appears to be messing things up for the group, it's now another fun dynamic to play with. That and Christian just deserves to get Wrestler of the Year votes this year. I don't know if he's going to get number one on people's lists, but he's going to get votes. His promos continue to be one of the biggest highlights of all of these shows. In the full gear review with me and Pete, Pete said, Swerve's my favorite wrestler. Swerve's the number one heel in the business right now. And I was like, I love Swerve. He's the number two business in, <laughs> business in the heel right now. Because for me, it's Christian. Like, he is the number one heel for me right now. Yeah. I think it's it's tricky to say about who's number one, who's number two, because with Christian holding the TNT title, there is 
on some level of that, a feeling of like, well, it's not the top championship or maybe it's not as much of a marquee main event program. But in terms of the level of quality output of promos and matches he's had, especially the last few months, I don't know how exactly you wouldn't argue that he wouldn't be one or one a. And I just say that because like Swerve's not like the world champion or whatever, but in a lot of people's minds, it's like, oh, maybe he's the next world champion. He's the guy that beats MJF. So in some people's minds, that might put him as a main event guy over a TNT title shit, whatever. But I'm not going to compare or contrast the two. They are two of my absolute favorite things about AEW right now. And to have Christian go out there and just be able to do like a proper 10 to 15 minute promo segment with so many different things to work off of. Oh, it just fills my heart with glee. Well, let's recap for those who haven't seen it. Uh, Christian, oh, the whole patriarchy. I love that that's their name. Mm -hmm. Christian and his two adopted sons, Nick Wayne and Luchasaurus, come down to the ring. The youngest wrestler in the company and the oldest wrestler in the company. Oh, yeah. What, huh? Yeah, 65 million years old. (laughs) Can't believe I just did that polite, oh, yeah, (laughs) before not. Uh I was like, Sting's older than Luchasaurus. Uh, And they come down and at full gear, Christian abandoned his son. I've abandoned my boy. You know, what What a beautiful story. Just like that finish of Christian running out on his own kids mm-hmm. and then claiming that he is father of the year. Love that already. So he says, it's not my fault we lost at Full Gear. It's not Nick Wayne's fault. And he turns to Luchasaurus. It's your fault, Luchasaurus. And because the name Luchasaurus will be forever associated now with losing... I'm going to rechristen you. Get down on your knees. Asks him a few times. Luchasaurus gets on his knees and Christian renames him Kill Switch. Honestly, it's a pretty good name. For it's a good like name. A, it, it reminded me of like Killshot, Swerve's. Yeah, name. I was going to say Lucha Underground. Lucha Underground. Yeah, yeah. It feels like a Lucha Underground yeah. name. And I heard that one. I don't know that it's not an upgrade. But what I loved about all of this was it was sort of the first time in a long time that we have seen Luchasaurus or Killswitch showing like a higher level of intelligence or whatever. Like even in the triple threat match where Christian beat him for the title, it was always just like, okay, Mm -hmm. he's the champion now. I'll put him on my shoulders. Yay. It's always been that he's a very simple creature under this you know patriarchy story they've done but now you saw the reluctance to get down on one knee later in the segment you saw the the you can't let him say these things to this to this wonderful woman here so i really like that there is now another development to play with because i think the simple-minded creature thing would have probably run its course if this is the direction we're going but again it's just more to play with well, because then Christian really amps up the new patriarchy dynamic, which is, and this is so common in those sort of abusive father storylines mm-hmm. who play favorites with their children, play them off one another. Nick Wayne, I love you. I love you as a son. Your name, because he renames him as well, is going to be the prodigy. Whereas Luchasaurus is now like, despite being the most physically intimidating of the bunch, mm-hmm. he's just the guy that Christian hates now. And he's going to punish him loads. So Luchasaurus is always going to be jealous of Nick. It makes Nick Wayne a better heel. Mm -hmm. Because it kind of feels like, why aren't you defending your 
brother kill switch here yeah and instead he's like reveling him yeah i'm christian's favorite it it's again so fun because you look at something like this and maybe i can pull some similarities to the dynamics that mjf and wardlow had at the end there where i think very clearly this is now going to just be week in and week out when are we going to see luchasaurus finally snap and he's going to turn on Christian because, I mean, Edge, Adam Copeland said it weeks ago that Nick Wayne and Luchasaurus are going to leave him high and dry. So that's already been foreshadowed. But now it's like in motion a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now Christian's going to be the one that's pushing the buttons until finally he stood all he can stand. He can't stand no more. And finally we get that moment. So that's what's going to keep people coming back week after week for that little that little hook are you gonna see it this week is it gonna be next week oh what's the thing that's gonna prolong this another week but it's also not even just furthering that story and that relationship it's strengthening Mm -hmm. nick wayne's relationship with both guys his position in the on the roster because that was what we were always saying during the summer where it was like yeah he's really talented but we don't have that much to go off of just yet especially with the ar fox thing that kind of derailed a lot of the emotional significance of that story now there's a whole new dynamic to work with here and he's doing a really good job like even just we're not there yet but watching him just completely no sell christian talking smack to his mom Mm. it's so easy to hate this kid right now and he's doing a really good job with it so that's what happens Nick Wayne's mum runs down. She's like, yeah, you can't hear what she's saying, but it's like, no, give me back my son. Nick, Mm -hmm. why are you doing this? And Christian turns on her and uh, says, you're a terrible mother. Good thing your husband is dead already because Nick Wayne would have disowned him uh, and tells her to go away and punch her waitress card. Um, And then that's when Luchasaurus or Killswitch gets between them and stands up to Christian. Mm-hmm. And Christian doesn't back down from Luchasaurus as like that kind of abusive father would, would do. He's still a bully. And he slaps Luchasaurus and ends up pushing Killswitch into Nick Wayne's mum. Mm-hmm. Nick Wayne's mum takes a bump. She's dead. And what does Nick Wayne do? He goes and gets a chair to hit a concerto on his own mother. Madness utter madness this is the heel group of aew yeah yeah like oh my goodness just a level of unhinged drama here because you've got other groups that are also doing a really good job love the mogul embassy for example Mm -hmm. you know bullet club gold's over there doing their thing they're fun whatever but neither of those groups have like the soap opera drama of the son turning on his mother and everything to play with. And this is that kind of storytelling to satisfy that kind of wrestling fan. And I love some variety in my wrestling. So I love a little bit of soap opera nonsense. And this was some soap opera nonsense. I loved it. So Christian, uh, Luchasaurus is kind of back down now because, well, first he was hit by his dad mm-hmm. and also he's hit this woman. So he probably feels bad about it. And Christian gives the chair to Luchasaurus to do the concerto on Nick Wayne's mum. Mm. And he's going to do it. But Copeland runs down. He stops the chair. Luchasaurus gets out, isn't really hit by him. But 
Nick Wayne ate two big spears from Copeland. And then my favorite part about this, Copeland hits the concerto on Nick Wayne as Nick Wayne's mum is bawling her eyes out and then Edge just poses there to his music as Nick Wayne's mum's in tears. The valiant baby face. <laughs> but it didn't, it worked. Like I was still yeah. like, that's badass, Copeland. I don't mind that you probably concussed a kid in front of his mum <laughs> and the mum did not want that to happen. Yeah, because you can look at this a number of ways, right? Where I don't think Adam Copeland has that much stake in the game regarding like Nick Wayne and his mom. Like mm -hmm. this isn't Darby Allen making this decision where he probably wouldn't do that in, in front of Nick Wayne's mom. There's more, yeah. there's more emotion yeah. tied to that dynamic. Whereas this is just like, Copeland's just feuding with Christian and his goons. So he's got to take one of them out. And he did that. And I think it really, really works. And I think it's going to work even better when, like you said, you get a little further down the line and Nick Wayne's mom turns heel, kicks Adam Copeland in the dick and joins the patriarchy. Imagine the heat. This is, this is where we've got to go now. This is the subject of the podcast, the headline I just let, let me let me fancy book this for you. Mm -hmm. We're going towards Copeland versus Christian at World's End. You'd sure. think, and in that match, Copeland takes out Nick Wayne. Luchasaurus, like, oh, maybe he's just wrestling, but he doesn't know whether he can get involved or not. And you think Copeland has Christian beat Spear? I don't know. Maybe there's a ref bump in this, but yeah, who stops Copeland winning? But Nick Wayne's mum, like you said, that's yeah. just hit a low blow or something, and then. Christian gets the win on Copeland and then the patriarchy and now a complete family unit mm -hmm. underneath the toxic relationship of Christian with his favorite son, Nick Wayne. And it's not just Luchasaurus. I don't see Nick Wayne's mum joining this group as a yuck, yuck, yuck. I'm Karen Jarrett. I was going to say, she's not going to be Karen Jarrett <laughs> yeah. about it. I think she's going to be quite tormented. Mm -hmm. She's only in this relationship to protect her son, Nick. But really, over time... The bond is between Killswitch and Nick Wayne's mum. Mm. And it's because I, I see Nick Wayne's mum getting abused, even if she joins the patriarchy by Christian and Nick Wayne, just as much as she is now. Mm. But she's doing it because she loves Nick Wayne. And it's that's where the Killswitch thing eventually comes from. He stands up to them both to defend her. And that's like quite a beautiful story. Quite, quite, you know, quite a serious story. You know, mm -hmm. Other people go through that awful home dynamic. But it'll be cathartic at the end of it because the bully, Christian, will get destroyed by Luchasaurus. Yeah. Who, who will also have that cathartic thing of getting his name back as well. Right. Yeah. Th again, this is where a lot of this is very, very interesting because there are so many different directions. And even if we think that's going to be where we're going with all of this, how we get there and then what happens afterwards is all totally up in mm. the air and that's what is like fun about this pro wrestling thing where we can speculate every week about how this storyline's going to go and they could choose to do it any number of ways and i'm not going to be disappointed because my theory wasn't right i'm just excited to see this story told well and right now it's probably the story i find is being told the best in aew i will be disappointed if it doesn't <laughs> go exactly how i've just said I i'm just so glad we're here I didn't realize how 
much of a back seat Christian had taken because of all the Sting stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the last month, it's been the Sting show. Yeah. I didn't, I enjoyed it. I didn't even realize, um, I didn't realize though that my favorite thing, which is Christian, mm-hmm. was actually not doing the yeah. good work he can be. So it's really nice to move past the Sting stuff and have the focus on this feud. I was very fortunate to be able to review Dynamite the week that, uh, followed wrestle dream and adam copeland arriving on dynamite Mm -hmm. and that was the main event angle the go f yourself promo and everything and i said that i may be biased in this regard because i like adam copeland's my favorite wrestler and everything and watching that segment made me go i can't wait for more of this it all gave me this huge smile Mm -hmm. because i'm very personally attached to that dynamic of edging christian and such and this was maybe the first real time since then where I was just like, yes, yeah, more of that, which was something I've been craving for the last month mm-hmm. and gets a big old thumbs up from me. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Let's see what you all think in the Omega chats, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one over five US dollars. Eric13 says, hey guys, I have just one question. Why isn't this a chant? 
Sky Blues. Dabba-dee-ba-da-die. Dabba-dee-dabba-die. I hate that song. Yeah? Yeah, well, I, I know it's been remixed and everyone now dances unironically to it in the club. Mm-hmm. But I grew up with that song in its annoying original form. <laughs> yeah. And I hate it. Wait until Sky Blue wrestles at Wembley next year. They'll oh, sing it. yeah. Yeah, you're right. Love your content and please never change. Thank you, Eric. Alistair Gammond. Nick Wayne's mom has got it going on. She's all I want and I've waited for so long. Nick Wayne, can't you see? I'm getting the cadence wrong. Yeah. You're just not the wrestler for me. I know it might be wrong, but I'm in love with Nick Wayne's mum. <laughs> yeah, great song. So the first time Nick Wayne's mum appeared on TV, I just had an offhand remark on this podcast. She's a bit of a dish. <laughs> and then Luke just made me feel really weird about it. And I've wanted to sing that song about Nick Wayne's mum since then. And now so you've got um, Thank you, Alistair. Thank you, Alistair. Uh, the Blue Dot says, Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, thankful to have you on my screen. I forgot it was Thanksgiving. Today. It is Thanksgiving. The wrong Thanksgiving. All <laughs> you Americans, enjoy your turkey day. My thoughts on the C2, which is what people are calling the Continental Classic, mm-hmm. is I'm excited for every match, especially the thought of Brody King versus Brian Danielson. Also, subscribe to Tempest Likes Wrestling on Twitch as well as Pete Repeat on YouTube. Absolutely. Shameless self-plug. <laughs> I'm probably going to be playing more Spider-Man 2 tomorrow night, Friday oh. night, because uh, I love that game. I. It's the first game that's come out that I can't play on my most recent console, mm-hmm. which is a PS4. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, man. Christmas. You gotta get it. It's right around the corner. And yeah. what better? Hey, if you can get a bundle. Yeah, there's a good Black Friday deal on my mum sent me. Yeah. I highly recommend it. Great game. Yes. Follow Tempest Likes Wrestling on Twitch. And just lo- oh, Aaron Raham Raham member for 26 months. Wow. Christian is such fun to hate. I was saying, give the chair to Nick. <laughs> I thought that's where they were going. Also, the crowd chanting, Luchasaurus, man. It's going to be so good when he turns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just now for Charles Berg, to Edge's theme, please. A lot of sing-alongs. Yeah, I was going to say. Do you want to do this one? On this day, I eat turkey. Everything, including pies. Bigger plates. Food cooked with cream. And we'll eat it all and cry. Happy Thanksgiving to my American friends. To those not celebrating a food holiday, have a nice day too. That was very well performed. Thank I don't you think very I've much. ever heard you sing uh, before. Bodes well for the Christmas party karaoke I was sesh. Say, I have a limited range of things that I feel confident in doing. Wrestling songs. Yeah, I mean, that one in particular, I've had a lot of practice. You just wait till my All Saints never ever. <laughs> please Take keep, me home, country roads. Please keep getting. Oh, we're not doing that. We're not doing a Tyson Fury, Drew McIntyre sing-along. That's my karaoke song, not theirs. Uh, yeah, please keep getting in your chats. Let's go through the show play-by-play-wise. It started with the opening match in the Continental Classic. And Excalibur and the commentators run through how this is all going to work because 
This is the first time they really laid it all out. All the mm -hmm. competitors, all the blocks, what the blocks are called. There were the occasional announcements and there was bits on social media. But I think, yeah, to open this, you've got two blocks. Gold block and blue block. Mm -hmm. I guess because dynamite's kind of gold and collision's kind of blue. And I don't think the collision is blue, but yeah, I'm not I sure. Don't know why the, I don't know why blue and gold. There's probably a reason. If it ended at winter is coming, I'd think maybe it'd make more sense, but I don't know. <laughs> I haven't it, thought too hard about it. Uh, it looks like they are the dynamite block and the collision block, though. It seems that way. I haven't written down the competitors, but it's six per block. Um, the gold block has Swerve Strickland, Jay Lethal, Mark Briscoe, John Moxley, Jay White, and Roosh. Mm -hmm. Well done. And the blue block is Brian Danielson, Brody King, Claudio Castagnoli. Come on, you can do it. Ah, like I was, it was easy for this one because they were all in matches. Mm -hmm. Brody King, Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli. This is really triggering for Survival <laughs> Series. You doing this for me. Ding. Ding. <laughs> Ding. You've also got Daniel Garcia. Right. Uh, Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Of course. And one other. Who's the last guy? Oh, who's the last guy? Is anyone sending it in on the chat? Probably. We're not going to carry on with the review until we know. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, three points for a win, one point for a draw, 20-minute time limit. Yeah. Uh, which I love. Is it half an hour for the G1? Uh, it used to be. They changed that, I believe, as of this year. May have been last year to 20 right. minutes. Uh, so, yeah, and of course, all three belts are on the line. I like the idea behind this that you've got. It, you're essentially Andrade. Andrade, yeah. You're essentially creating a championship that's recognised by three different wrestling promotions: mm -hmm. ROH, AW, and New Japan. That's so cool, and they can go to any promotion and defend it anywhere. It's just a bit redundant to me because that feels like it happens with all the belts anyway. Yeah, a little bit. The I next mean, segment had Shibata, yeah. New Japan Strong Champion. No, ROH weight. Pure Champion. Oh, okay. So it was just ROH and AEW belts. Yeah. But yeah, I see New Japan belts turn up on AEW. Yeah. I mean, Willow was the NJPW Strong mm -hmm. Women's Champion. You know, it just happens. You know, but I agree. I think it's kind of neat. I think we don't really need more belts around and this sounds like it's going to be another aew championship in a sense where it'll be a triple crown i think they'll call it like the aew triple crown champion or something like that which is cool i like that name but what's really going to separate that from like the international title because originally the yeah. international title or the all-atlantic title was being defended by pack and all the different promotions that he was going to so I don't know how I feel about more belts, but maybe this is a way to get another belt to subtract two other belts. But my bigger thing when it came to this, and we heard more about it into the match, is it felt like the commentators were working very hard to kind of allude to things we might see in this tournament and just kind of like ease North American fans who maybe haven't watched a ton of G1s or other round robin tournaments in new japan for example like what's gonna happen if one of these guys gets an injury in the first in the first match the mm -hmm. first matches that they end up having 
what's going to happen when draws start coming into the into the mix when it comes to point totals things like this that normally in a wrestling tournament in north america you don't really Mm -hmm. see maybe you get like the injury angle in a king of the ring where a guy hurts his ankle in the first round and has to you know eke it out but it felt like a subtle way of being like these are things that these wrestlers are thinking about that may end up happening because i've seen a good number of g1s in my time and those are the sort of things that make it so it's not just a bunch of matches. It is, here are, in this case, 12 guys, and they're all going to have individual stories going on. They're all very sports-based, where maybe someone gets off to a slow start. Maybe someone starts strong and then loses two, and then they, it all comes down to that final match. Maybe someone has to wrestle through an injury. Maybe somebody goes up against someone that they know they've never beaten, but that's the one match that's Mm -hmm. going to get them through to the final. All these different things are concepts that a lot of fans are very familiar with, but maybe not the North American audience so much in this kind of structure of a tournament. And I thought they did a really good job of setting that up on this first night. Again, with three good matches throughout the night that can kind of reinforce a lot of those things. I, and it's a sort of structure <clears throat> that will build over time. Yeah. Because all those things you just mentioned, yeah, we just this is just chapter one, but by chapter four, all of those little things that start off this week are going to compound and become really big issues. Mm-hmm. This is going to it's going to get more rewarding the longer it goes on. My, but another thing about the G one is that and incredible matches yes some of the like some of the best matches of the year happen in the g1 and we had three matches on this program so it was uh swerve jay lethal it mm-hmm. was moxley mark briscoe in the main event and it was jay white versus roosh mm-hmm. two of those matches are heel versus heel mm-hmm which is an awkward dynamic to get the crowd and i feel like they lost the crowd in the middle match mm-hmm. And I, I, I really enjoyed all three matches, but I, none of them were that banger. Like yeah. none of them were above four stars to really open this tournament in a big way. I, I thought the same thing. Where a lot of the times in the G one, they kind of stack that first night of the G one, where you go in there and right off the bat, bang, here's a five star match. Everybody's like, yeah, the G one's here. Yeah. Let's go. And I think that. I don't want to say which of these blocks I think is is better ultimately, but I think it might be the blue block. You know, you got you got Danielson, Kingston, Brody King, Andrade, Daniel Garcia, and Claudio. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's going to be any combination of those guys that's going to lead to a three and a half star match unless they get like eight minutes or something. But I thought that you maybe for the first night out could have had a stronger combination of people if this is going to be your big launching point for Mm -hmm. this new concept that you're trying to do and i don't know exactly what that would have been because again this is a very difficult and complicated thing to book because there's loads of little pieces in this that have to be fit in in the right order in order for people's storylines to make sense and ultimately you want to leave really big matches for the end of the tournament because mm-hmm. in theory you're going to have the two guys with the most points face off in the final match of the gold block and whoever wins that goes on to the final 
So you have to leave those matches until that point. But I did kind of think that like, yeah, I don't really know about just Roosh versus Jay White mm-hmm. in the first match, you know, or the first night of matches. I felt like it could have been a little bit stronger. I still thought all three matches were good, oh, yeah. but it wasn't the first impression that I would have tried to make if I was launching the tournament. There's also the added uh, sort of bad taste in the mouth. I can't think of a better way to say this. Of I didn't like that Swerve just came out with his shoulder taped up. Mm. Full Gear was one... It was No, it wasn't one of... It was the most violent match I've ever seen. Mm. He, him and Hangman Page killed each other. He could barely stand by the end of it, Swerve. And he just comes out and he has his shoulder taped up and he... You know, he does have a very different style. He was definitely favoring a few body parts and kind of selling the effects of Saturday. But nowhere near the extent that I wanted him to. I'm just like, and I get that you want to have all six guys wrestle on this episode, but keep him out for a week. Just say Swerve cannot wrestle. I mean, screw it. Just say Swerve had to do, he's, he's lost. He's mm. not medically cleared to compete in this first Has match. Has had to forfeit his first yeah. match due to not being medically cleared. Because that that would just make that Texas death match the cherry on top of it a few days later. Mm. And then you've got a story for Swerve. It's interesting how he was he I mean, he was a he was a babyface. Yeah. Because he was working through injury, Jay Lethal was definitely hamming it up as a heel. And the crowd were you know, ever since that stapling spot in mm-hmm. the match when Swerve just walks forward. It's like, oh, he's a badass. Yeah. <laughs> and that was definitely there with the Chicago crowd on this episode, all chanting along to Who's House. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's mm-hmm. also kind of a tricky thing because you look at Swerve and he's so good and he's getting more and more over as a heel that it is kind of just becoming that organic babyface type thing mm-hmm. where he's not acting like a babyface by any means. But everyone is so drawn to him because he's so awesome. So it, 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 again, is a very fun little thing to work with in that sense. But I agree. I don't know how that would have been accepted by some fans if, again, this is your first night of the tournament and one of the guys has to forfeit a match. But I do think it might have been a good idea if Swerve, who, in my opinion, should be one of the guys in, like, the gold mm. block uh, final if that was his one loss, is just yeah. like a forfeit going into that, and and that's Hangman's yeah, like yeah, it's another detail that draws him back to Hangman. Yeah, I could have had a perfect record if it wasn't for you. Could have had a perfect record. Ultimately, if that's the match that costs him the whole tournament, mm-hmm. like if it's if it's him and Moxley as the final two at the end of the Gold Block, yeah. and they're both on one loss or something of that nature. Maybe Moxley goes undefeated to that point and Swerve yeah. wins all of his matches, but he's got the one forfeit. And then if Swerve beats him, he's through because of the tiebreaker, but he loses that match. All of a sudden now, you've got that one little extra thing to to, to work with. Because of the shoulder Because injury, of the shoulder. That hangman caused. And that's quite poetic as well, if it's Moxley and Swerve. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are the two recent deathmatch opponents of Hangman yeah. this year. Oh, it's really nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, it's you know, fun to talk about, though. It's what I love yeah. about G1-style tournaments. Because, again, you look at any day of these matches that's going to come, and they could all go 
any which way. I'm sure you're going to see some upsets in this tournament, and those things all are going to lead to their own storyline strands. Well, should we just cover... So Swerve won with a stomp in about mm -hmm. 15 minutes. Uh, the other match was Jay White versus Roosh. I love Roosh. Yeah. It's just so intense, and I love Jay White. They worked really slickly together, mm -hmm. but it just never felt like a thing. I, you know what I mean? I am a little bit concerned coming out of this pay-per-view, and I've seen a lot of people say this, but I really don't think Full Gear did very much positive for Jay White. Yeah. You know? If they had just gone out there and had, like, a banging four-and-a-half-star main event where MJF just beats him in a wrestling match and overcomes Jay White's cheating and everything, mm. I think you'd probably come out of it and just be like, ah, he's still great. Yeah, he got beat, but whatever. The way things have gone for Jay White in that match, I don't think did him any favors. And I mean, Roosh has mostly been a collision guy as of late. And I know Collision's not getting the greatest viewership at the moment. I'm sure a lot of the fans in the audience there were still watching Collision and such. But at the same time, this just didn't feel like a hot match. No. You know, I love both guys. I love them both individually, but put them both on a marquee. And it wasn't something that was going to jump off the screen for a lot of people. And I think it just kind of showed, you know, when you listen mm. to the crowd and it's like, you know, they're kind of into it, but not to the level as you would have seen later in the show or earlier in the show. The It did serve a really good purpose, though. One of the rules that we didn't talk about was no outside interference. Mm -hmm. Should kind of make that the rule in general, shouldn't you? Yeah. For, for all matches. Well, it's not <laughs> It's not so much no outside interference no as no one at ringside. Because yeah. in a standard match, you can get your manager's license, your seconds yeah. license, <laughs> and accompany your guy to the ring. This time, nobody's allowed at ringside one way or the other. But these are two guys with heel factions. Mm -hmm. Don't make me say Rouches. Uh, but Jay White, of course, had the gangbang gang. Bang gang. Oh, well, what's la, it la fashion ingobernable. Yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah, yeah. La fashion ingobernable. And they were all sent to the back right at the start. Uh, the guns protesting uh, mm -hmm. over the top, of course. So Jay White had to find a new way to win. Um, Paul Turner had his back turned because he was nearly bumped. So Jay White had a low blow switchblade victorious yep and the main event saw mark briscoe and john moxley they didn't go crazy long because there was like 10 minutes of the show when they made their entrances mm -hmm. they had a seven minute overrun but uh i really like this match they just went back and forth two tough bastards mark briscoe kicked out of the paradigm shift so mox stomp death rider shook hands afterwards this was fun this was very fun mm. to me. You see these guys, and like you said, they're two <clears throat> tough bastards. And these guys just look like they work together. Yeah. You know, Mark Briscoe is, he's not quite like a deathmatch guy, but he's got that mean streak, badass, yeah. like kind of unhinged thing Missing about teeth. him. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, myself included, are just always going to want to get into a mark briscoe match mm -hmm. at this point yeah where honestly i was just sitting there watching this match and watching mark briscoe be great and i just went i can't believe jay's gone mm. you know like it still didn't feel real at that point and it, here we are like nine months ten months later and it just pulls me into his matches even more yeah. 
you know? So I'm always going to be emotionally invested in whatever Mark Briscoe is going to do. And I mean, I'm being realistic. I don't think he's going to go out there and, and, and be a contender for the finals of this by any means, but I would not be surprised if we got a lot of very good big match performances out of Mark Briscoe. Where how many times are you going to see Mark Briscoe main event of dynamite, do you reckon? Not well, two that weeks often. Ago. Yeah. But <laughs> but just in general, yeah, yeah. you'd think there are far less opportunities for that to happen than it would with a Danielson, a, you know, a, a Moxley etc all the other top stars so this tournament just being kind of an avenue to see that i think is very cool and again gives you reasons to see matches like mark briscoe versus john moxley which again we probably wouldn't get to see just out of the blue for not much of a reason so it's really cool and they work really well together and i really sit there and i go come on mark and i get into it and he doesn't win but he puts up a great fight has that mean streak to him kicks out of the finish it's really, really good stuff. Love me some Mark Briscoe. So you know when you said earlier about that's one of the fun things about tournaments like this mm -hmm. and how, you know, it goes on over weeks so you can just speculate every time and have fun fantasy booking things. I was like, God, Mark Briscoe wrestled in the main event very recently. It was two weeks ago. He lost to Jay White. And I was like, while I was watching this match, I was like, ah, maybe he'll beat Moxley. Mate, that would be what you know moxie can mm. sort of sell the casting match these like psychologically beat up about that about not getting the international title back and then moxley won i was a bit like oh two main events in three weeks he's lost both of them is mark briscoe just gonna be that level guy mm -hmm. a guy that people get into automatically because of like you said there's a, an emotional human connection there with him but he's just really there to put on a good match crowd will get heat and he gives someone in someone else's feud a credible win. And then I thought, this is light on baby faces, the, the gold block. Mm -hmm. Roosh, Swerve, Moxley. Lethal. Lethal, Jay White. That, you could argue there's, there's tweeners in there, but that's mm -hmm. five heels. Yep. And then you've got one baby face, Mark Briscoe. I say beat him again next week. And then underdog comeback story yeah it's it's interesting as well because i i could be wrong here i don't think aew has announced all of like the order of the matches when they're mm. gonna happen like what the whole card is for next week the week after that the week after that the week after that like they do in the g1 so it's hard to fantasy book well he's gonna lose next week to this person and then he's gonna beat this guy this guy this guy because we don't know what order these are gonna come in but just saying that, how much more does that rematch against Jay White matter when we get there in this tournament? If Mark Briscoe then goes in there yeah. and beats Jay White, that means even more because they've just wrestled. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, oh, this sort of thing. It is fun. It makes me feel like the G1 is here, and that was always yeah. my favorite time of the year and stuff. So, yeah, just Continental Classic or C2, whatever you want to call it. I, d I think they did a 70% version of the first week. Mm -hmm. you know, there was a lot of potential they could have done with some of the things we'd spoken about. But my God, it's fun. Yeah. Even at 70%, this is hugely exciting. I was really hoping that this is what the Owen Hart Cup was going to be. Totally. Yes. Yeah. And we're still <laughs> getting it now, but it's pretty cool. I love this sort of thing. I just wish it was for a number one contendership. Yeah, at, a little at bit. Revolution rather than another, another A little bit. Belt. 
Right, so we'll go back to... We didn't really do this in order, play-by-play, play, so we'll go back to the opening match, which was Swerve versus Jay Lethal. Uh, then we got an Adam Cole and MJF segment. They both came out together. They're both in sort of matching crutches, and um, MJF said he's going to find out who the devil is. And then the devil interrupted him. Mm. It's just like a, a laugh and the cut onto the broadcast. That's the first time we've seen the devil appear on screen when Cold has been physically on an episode. Mm -hmm. All these other times he's been dialing in remotely. Could be a, like a false lead, a red herring type deal. Could be, yeah. I, d I don't know how much to read into that, but that yeah. was, yeah. Uh, and then Samoa Joe came out to remind Max, while I teamed with you, teamed with you at Full Gear to defend the ROH tag titles, you owe me a title shot. And Max said, well, I've thought about this and I've given it really fair consideration and uh, blow me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Subtle as a brick. Yeah. And then weirdly, and I like this a lot, but I was like, this, this feels weird for Adam Cole to be saying it. Adam Cole lectured MJF on being a man of his word and honor mm -hmm. and that he should honor what he promised Joe. Yeah. It's always hilarious to me when like career heels yeah are like no we must be valiant and good and men of our word i was like i know what you've spent your career doing adam cole you're not fooling me but you I'd... turned on the young bucks for no <laughs> reason <laughs> but i just written off him being the devil yeah and as soon as he said that i was like oh you're back in the running mm -hmm. and then he broke roddy's heart poor roddy oh my on. god uh, so Max said, sure thing. You know what? Let's do it tonight. You wouldn't be the first ROH legend I beat in Chicago twice. <gasps> CM Punk Devil confirmed. So the crowd booed that, Chicago crowd. And Joe says he doesn't want to do it tonight. He wants Max at full strength, so he's got nothing to complain about when he does beat him. So that means you're my property. And from here to World's End, I will protect my property. That's a really fun storyline. Mm -hmm. I really like that. And I think Samoa Joe is like the perfect guy to do a story like that with because he is so tough, but also he's not the kind of like, he's not a chicken S word heel. Mm. He's like, no, I'm going to beat you. And I want you to know that I'm better mm. than you. And like, I want you to be at full health so that I can beat you. And you have no excuses when I look over you. And to have that, then just be like, hey, look, if you want to take out MJF, you got to deal with me. Mm. So still kind of playing <laughs> off the partner thing. It's just really fun. I really enjoy it. This is what I thought we were going to get leading into full gear. Yeah. I thought Joe was going to save Max at uh, that go-home dynamite, and then we'd have that going into that. And I was a bit disappointed when that didn't happen. So I'm really excited. Mm -hmm. This looks like it's going to be the next six weeks of TV. Uh, just one more thing on this bit. MJF said that he'll fight him in uh, the most magical place in the world, World's End, at Long Island, New York. Of course, yep. Max's well-established home base. And I cannot wait for that. I'm coming in on New Year's Eve to review that show because mm -hmm. I, one of the main reasons is because it's going to be MJF in Long Island. And when the CM Punk comes out. <laughs> beats him twice. <laughs> <laughs> and the Chicago crowd, I love me a Chicago crowd, but they've waned a bit recently. It's like mm. when the NXT full sale just 
turned yeah. after a couple of years, they booed Long Island, <coughs> which is fine. Little bit of friendly rivalry, Chicago, New York. But then they kind of hijacked it to the extent where Max had to say, look, I, I love Chicago too, Jesus. Yeah. It's like, I like Chicago pizza, calm down. Yeah. Which was funny. My takeaway from this, because I surf the interwebs from time mm. to time. You've been known. I, I've been known, and I lurk, and I see what other people are saying. And I'm noticing more and more that there are people out there that simply do not love this Adam Cole MJF dynamic. And I don't go so far as to completely agree with that, but I do look at, and granted, I understand there's an injury involved and we can't just do whatever we were going to do originally, but I do look at this and just go like, man, everything that they did over the summer was like gold. Mm -hmm. You know, all the segments they did were so fun. And now we've been doing the Adam Cole and Roddy Strong thing for a long time and granted we got a little bit of development on that on this show but now there's not really like a hook to their their relationship as much anymore and maybe it will be when we find out that adam cole's the devil you know that's when this will pick back up or something but we were always waiting for one of them to turn and then they didn't and it almost felt like the story ended there. Well, that's when Cole got injured. Yeah. But now still having them on TV does just kind of feel like, well, we had this like really emotional high and then we came back up mm -hmm. and down and whatever. And now it's just like a kind of a flat line for these two together. And I'm hoping that it kind of comes back to form when Adam Cole is able to wrestle again. But... I don't know if this was just a promo with MJF and Samoa Joe and we found a way to get to the world title match without Adam Cole having to praise the, mm -hmm. you know, the values of truth, honor and the American Thanksgiving way and such. I don't know that I wouldn't have liked it better. Maybe that plays into the overall story even more if if Samoa Joe beats him, which I don't think happens, but Adam Cole is the one that convinced him to do it. Maybe that is more important than it seems at this exact moment to me. But I don't know. I'm just not in love with what's going on with all these guys at this exact moment. Would you prefer Adam Cole be off TV until he's healed and can do stuff again? Things like walk. Yeah, maybe. Like, I just... Maybe if he just trimmed his goddamn beard. <laughs> don't like the beard. But, yeah, maybe... <clears throat> Where it just feels like, we know you guys like this, this thing, so we're trying to give as much of it to you as we can. But it's still like sort of 40% of what it was when everybody loved it. And I'd rather just not have it until you could give it to me 100% again. That's interesting because I agree it's definitely dipped since the peaks of August. But that's because those peaks of August were insane it was new mm -hmm. uh, and then you've had all the injury stuff I, I, I was literally thinking on the way in today i'm really happy that cole has come back and even when he wasn't physically there he was still being used in those remote calls because so often in AEW and wwe someone will get hurt and they'll just disappear for nine months and then they'll come back mm -hmm. i'll be like but i actually miss that person 
I think they could have a lot to offer as a commentator, mm. as a manager, as just someone who hangs around because they love wrestling and they want to get, they can't, they don't want to be away from it. Yeah. And I was thinking, I like that Adam Cole has now come back to keep the storyline going despite being injured. Like, work the injury into the storyline, keep it on TV. So I, I, that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, that's a, that's sort of where you know I'm like I'm not totally anti this, you know the the way that a lot of people are. I just do kind of look at it and just go like, I get why people aren't mm-hmm. into this, and I I think I may have preferred like I liked when he was just getting the phone calls from Adam Cole or from MJF or from Roddy. And they'd cut each other off and all that. That felt a little bit more organic and like we weren't missing out on on something. But this just feels a little half-baked to me. Hook, Cassidy, and Shibata then took on 2.0 and Jake Hager. This was just a fun match, really, yeah. for Cassidy to set up the return of Danhausen. Which is nice to see. And who got the biggest pop of the night, I think when he produced Jake Hager's purple hat mm-hmm. and wore it on the apron, and that caused the breakdown of the match. And Hook and Shibata had an awesome win where both members of 2.0 Great finish. are in their like, rear naked chokes. They get out, but in getting out, they go into the arms of their opponent on the other side. Yeah. They get the choke slot back in, and I think Hook was the legal man. Well, that was it. They were saying on commentary as this was happening that one of them had the legal man and the, oh. uh, and the legal man on the other team. Like, I think Hook was the legal man and he had the illegal man. And on commentary, they were like, oh, they've got the wrong guy. They've switched. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. just like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> here you go. You take this one. Brilliant really finish. finish. Fun match. Yeah. Uh, it was right. a party trios match. Yeah. Like, it was just like a fun match that I think should be on every show, you mm-hmm. know? Like, just a, here's a trios match for some fun. And Shibata wrestled, which yeah. is always a pleasure. Rene interviewed Adam Cole backstage in person this time. Mm-hmm. And Roderick Strong comes in and Cole screams at him and says, when are you going to get it through your thick skull that you're not my best friend anymore? And Cole stormed off. And then the camera goes in close on Roddy. I felt sorry for the guy. I was really sad. He's like, he didn't mean that. Because you know on uh was it Rampage or Collision, Roddy had that match and he yeah. landed like on his neck. On his head. <laughs> Ever since then I was like, oh, I kind of feel like you should turn babyface now when you forced <laughs> you are next strong. And then this following up on it. Yeah. Well it was this was just it made Cole feel a bit heelish. A bit. Maybe it's the tease for hmm. the eventual reveal, but yeah. I don't know. It's interesting all this. We got a recap of Will Ospreay signing and a reminder that you can buy all-in tickets. The only reason I bring this up is because I woke up this morning mid-dream that Will Ospreay had helped me get booked in the main event of a Rev Pro show, (laughs) which was being held in the field outside of my old school. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, yeah, he helped me put on a really good match. I didn't win. But But he was like, you did really well there. So... Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> uh, next step up from that is Wembley, after all. Uh, then we got the patriarchy segment. It was great. Uh, then we got Roosh J. White. I think Tony Storm's best thing she's done in this gimmick was this next, next segment. I 
I might be inclined to agree outside of like funny lines here and there, like the chin up tits out segment and various other bits like that have been memed. If you're looking for just one segment to encapsulate this and why this is great to me, it was this one. Because I'm not the biggest fan of this. In mm. fact, I'm not a fan of this. I don't think it's a, it doesn't make me laugh really. And I don't think it should involve the title. But when Renee and RJ City came out and they treated it like an Academy Awards podium thing to present this year's AEW Women's Title Award goes to Tony, Tony Storm. Storm. And it cut to the crowd where Tony Storm was sitting. I lost it. Yeah. That was so well staged. She goes up and she has a really funny acceptance speech. But she trips on her way there yeah. like Jennifer Lawrence at the at Oh, the is Oscars. that what that was? Yeah. Very good. There were a lot of a lot of sort of Hollywood references, even thanking Jack Warner. Mm-hmm. Of course, the not I don't think the original Warner Brothers studio boss, but like one of the more famous ones. Mm-hmm. Um he's been dead for forty years. <laughs> But of course, they're on they're on TNT, yep. owned by Warner Brothers. And then she has this great line for all the little girls out there who want to be me. And they cut to a little girl in the crowd. She says, you'll never replace me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm too good. I'm going to be champion forever. Fantastic. Mariah May came out, presented her with the belt. Brilliant. Yeah. This, I think I would agree about not needing the title in this. I've been an advocate that like, well, this is the hottest thing in the women's division. You probably want the title on the hottest thing in the women's division, therefore. But I think the inclusion of Mariah May in all of this is going to make it worth it because it is then a storyline that you can build a lot of this to because Mm -hmm. otherwise it's just kind of been a bunch of funny skits. You know, and that doesn't necessarily need the champion to be involved in. But if you're able to actually use those things to build to a match that people are going to want to see, I'm down for that. And I think Mariah May being included in this gives you that match Mm -hmm. that you can build to. We'll see what other matches we get in the interim. And I am a little bit, you know, cautious about how excited I am for that. But there's something to look forward to here. And hopefully also a potential return of Jamie Hayter at some Mm. point soon. Well, that you alluded to is Sky Blue interrupting the uh, acceptance speech and Sky Blue comes out, cuts back into real color as opposed to black and white. And Sky Blue's out there for a match with Anna Jay and Ruby Soho, which she wins. So yeah, winning that match, interrupting the champion. This isn't our first rodeo. Nope. I well, we'll see if this ends up being a a TV match, or mm-hmm. maybe maybe you build this longer, and this is yeah. the title match for World's End. I don't know, but it's it's all right. I I just figured Sky Blue would be the natural challenger for Julia Hutz. You would think title, yeah, and maybe that is what this is. Maybe they're building a little bit of momentum for her to do that, but the interrupting the champion mm. thing would lead me to think otherwise. My only other thought when it comes to this match. Because I did like this match. I thought it was thought it was good stuff. Yeah, I thought it was well worked. Yeah. And I'm really liking how far along Sky Blue has come in a very oh short God. time. Yeah. Like, I look forward to her matches now very much so. My only other note about it, though, is that I don't really feel like the Ruby Soho Angelo Parker thing is like a, a dynamite program. 
You know, ah, uh, it got rampage written over. It, it has a lot of rampage <laughs> written all over it. And granted, I do those one takes. I know everything that they do, but when that plays into one of these matches on Dynamite, and this is going to be your one women's match mm. of the week type thing. You went a bit Randy Savage there. A little bit <laughs> Randy Savage here. That's your one women's match on Dynamite this week. I don't know how interested I am in seeing that be a bigger focus than just, mm. eh, here's a funny bit on Rampage. I, I, I agree. I didn't mind the stuff uh, because it's kind of like sometimes when the women's division has a story. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I confuse that with quality. Yeah. You know, oh my God, that it's got a story. Oh my God. You put two matches on this week. <laughs> it's things like that. It's, it's yeah. beyond the baseline. And then like, Oh, but those two matches only got three minutes each or, Oh, this actually really detracted from the action. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I enjoyed it, but yeah, I wouldn't say I was blown away by it. No, it, to me, it's fine. It's a cute little thing because, like, they're dating and everything. So, oh, like, are they? Yeah. In real life. Yeah. I, okay, I was going to say, when Ruby Soho was knocked off the apron and she landed arms around Angelo Parker, I was like, God damn, they've got some sexual chemistry. <laughs> so that makes total sense. Right? The way, like, yeah. They, yeah, wow. Yeah. So like it's cute. I'm glad that people get to work with their significant others, and it's like it's 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 nice. But I don't know that I would use the one one <laughs> women's match slot on Dynamite on something for that. And even if it's like a thing to just be in the mix while Sky Blue is getting the shine of the mm -hmm. match, it's all right. But I don't know. Yeah. I'm just not especially into it. Uh, and the only other thing we got on the show, other than the main event that we've already covered, was Renee talking to Wardlow backstage, who was uh, arm curling part of the set. Yeah, like, like Brock Lesnar did back in 2003 <laughs> or 2002. AR Fox tried to give him some advice and he nutted him in the head. I feel bad for AR Fox, but I also don't. I know. You know? <laughs> But it he really screwed up a very big all in program. Yeah, like yeah. So I don't have that much sympathy, but I have some sympathy where it's just like, man, are you kind of a goober on this show yeah. now? And and you were gonna get what seemed like a big push. Yeah. But you screwed up that push. Yeah. But you still feel for the guy. Yeah, it's like yeah. he's a really good worker and everything, and I've watched his matches a long time. I want good things for him, but I was like, no. Overall, I gave this, I think, 82-ish percent. Yeah, I thought right. it was a really solid show and a really exciting first step build to World's End. Yeah, I think they. what I have always said about these things is I like coming out of a pay-per-view and immediately knowing the main event for the next pay-per-view, mm -hmm. not having it alluded to, not having it being built to or anything, but coming out and be like, okay, main event, next pay-per-view, this match. Yeah. I like having it on the poster, on the card, with plenty of time to then build other matches. That's just the thing for me. I really like it. As a first show to introduce the C2 Climax, I thought it was good. Maybe mm -hmm. not as good as it could have been, but a thumbs up nonetheless, and I'm excited to see more. And the patriarchy rules. Yeah. Uh, we've got no Patreon shoutouts this week, but please do go over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk and sign up there. Luke and I recorded our Survivor Series 2014 review, a deep dive review of that on a podcast exclusive on Monday. 
where I spent a good portion of it hating the show. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a one-match show. It's a TV episode is what it is. In-ring promo. There's a pay-per-view match set up in a backstage skit mm-hmm. on, the, on pay-per-view. There's lesbian treachery as well. There is lesbian treachery. Not the worst match on the card. No. As voted for by Wrestling Observer Newsletter viewers. What was viewers. the worst match on the card? Well, I think because that got a dud, the worst match was Slater Gator versus Adam Rose and the Bunny. You know, that's fair. <laughs> but yeah, God, go I to patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk. on that show. When I think of Adam Rose, I think 2015, but yeah, no, yeah. he would have been on there by 2014 to be in the 2015 <laughs> Rumble. Wow. They're already given up on him as well. Yeah. Because they were slowly turning him heel, trying to push the bunny, which was Justin Gabriel. That's right. The, I'd love to do a list of people who were mascots for other wrestlers. Yeah. Because like the, the Jack Swagger soaring eagle was Chavo Guerrero. Oh, was it? Yeah. Could you class, um, was it? Who was the Bullet Club bear? Was it Hangman Page or was it? It, it was a bunch of different people at different points. Mm. Like it was Kenny at one point right. where he took the head off the bear and attacked Cody. And oh, the, I think that's the angle I'm thinking of. Yeah, wrestlers who dressed as, as mascots for other people. Any others? Uh, I don't know who Slater Gator was. That that one's tough, but I'm sure if I put my mind to it, I could think of a couple more. Well, let's get into your Omega Chats. Last call for those, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one over five US dollars. William Rosmer says, I was there last night. A great show, even if no one unexpectedly won a tournament match. I'd have I'd have had lethal go over an injured swerve. There were a few CM Punk chants. Also, AEW needs to stop jobbing out former ROH champs when they show up. I mean, like who? Um, Just Jay Lethal? Because... I would not put yeah. I wouldn't put Jay Lethal over Swerve in just Mm. a a straight match. Is the thing I I think I would have had Lethal go over Swerve in the way we described where Swerve. If we were going to do it, it would have been like that by forfeit. Rooster Libre, member for twenty five months. Do you think that Mox put OC over because Tony Khan promised him this belt? Who in this tournament is Mox willing to put over, even just for points? It's interesting. This is where I think Mox could go undefeated through the the gold block. I have Mox in the final, personally. I think Mox could go undefeated. I think he could end up putting over, like, one person on the way there and then have the final be Mox with one loss and Swerve undefeated. So then Mox beats Swerve, and then they're both at one loss, but Mox has the tiebreaker in advance. That's how I'm fantasy booking all of this. So if I'm picking someone among this crew for Mox to lose to, it would have to be either Roosh or Jay White, I would think. Mm-hmm. Maybe he loses a match to Jay White, sets up something for down the line, Blackpool Combat Club mm-hmm. against uh, Bullet Club Gold or something. Yeah, yeah, that works. You know, Would you, would you put the final, by the way? You just got me thinking. Um, so Mox, Brian Danielson in the final. Blackpool Combat Club implode. Maybe. They wrestled. Yeah, they, they wrestled Revolution, oh, of course, that's, the, uh, William the William Regal I have my final as Moxley versus Kingston. 
And the blue block final is Eddie beating Brian. Oh, yes, please. Well, of course I want that. Um, well, now I want Kingston to win everything. But if Mox wins the triple crown and it's recognized by multiple promotions, does Mox then take that belt into... They announced it's going to be a triple threat at Wrestle Kingdom mm-hmm. with Osprey and Umino and him. Well, it's Osprey, Dave Finley, and oh, Dave Moxley. Finley, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you put that belt on the line there because you've got a bunch of people who can appear in any of those promotions. Yeah, then. it's curious. I hadn't even thought about Wrestle Kingdom being no. like a week after the tournament is supposed to conclude. That's oh, yeah, mm. complicated. Uh, Misha Sumra, hello, Misha. The reason C two is split blue gold. TK is a fan of the late nineties X Men, where they had blue and gold teams. Wait. X-Men, X-Symbol, also symbol of straighter. CM Punk, AEW return <laughs> confirmed. Gutted I can't make the watch party this weekend. Have a drink for me. Well, Misha, if we have a drink for you, we'd all be absolutely smashed. Because <laughs> It'd have to be in a stein. <laughs> you always drink the steins. Uh, Daniel says, Daniel's sweet Mexican chocolate here. Thanks for the awesome nickname and somehow guessing that I am Mexican. The Continental Classic has me hyped. Love you guys and happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Thomas says, hey, Tempest and Ollie, still enjoying the Cole MJF dynamic. And with Joe in the mix, along with the devil, I'm a happy camper. But Roderick Strong can piss off. Instant mute and sick of him. Also, this Christian storyline needs to go away. Gives me the ick. Oh, I couldn't disagree more. It's my favorite thing on the show. Uh, Kevin, Blue Dot might already be taken. So my Christian Cage related nickname is the Problem Solver. Uh, because just like Tomko, I'm tall and bald. <laughs> <laughs> really enjoying the C2. Might give me a reason to go out of my way and watch Collision. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's got a lot of wrestling on Saturday night now. Yeah. Uh, Lee- Ian Wall. Ian Wall. Liam Wall has become a member. Wow, Tempest has a great singing voice. I still think he and Excalibur are the same person. Never been in the same room together. And Juan Perez has been a member for 26 months. L-I-G, fo 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 vida. What's L-I-G? L-I-G. L- I think it might just supposed to be L-I-J. L-I-J, yeah. Could be L-I-W, which I'm always for. for oh, life. Mod Mother... Of course, it's Thanksgiving over there. She says, go check the poll so I can go eat turkey. Oh, yes. Of course. Yeah. Uh, in the spirit of giving thanks, let's all give thanks to our wonderful moderating team. Yeah. Give, the, give the moderators thanks in the comments. Mod Mother, whoever else is on today. I haven't seen the names. Who have we got? Gary, Rob, Mod Mother. 78% thumbs up, 19% mid. Oh, that's a low thumbs down. Well, a good show overall. Uh, But thank you very much. For now, I've been Ollie Davis. It's been Tempest, who's going to have to go and end the stream again because uh, we broke the little control deck. Happy Thanksgiving, Americans. Jam that jam. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.